0: Hello everybody, my name is Eric Wood, and welcome to Eric Talks, the show where I talk about things that are important to me. Um, Today, uh, what I'm showing you, I'm just trying to play around with this Anchor thing, not really sure if I'm going to do anything with it in this podcasting uh, thing. I'm kind of skeptical, but I'm going to give it a good shot, and basically what I'm doing right now is I'm going to upload a this episode from my web series i got a chance to sit down with this guy named will parker and will parker is the executive vice president of student ministries at one corbin university we got to sit down together for a while and just kind of talk about some weird spiritual stuff and things that were affecting our campus and so i figured i'd upload it here and uh yeah so this is just kind of the introduction and i hope you enjoy it So, let's start talking, I guess. Sounds good. Um, Hello, everyone. Welcome to whatever this this is. I'm probably going to call it stupid. Like, Eric, I'm probably going to call it... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, call it stupid.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That would be great.
0: (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to introduce you to Will Parker. He is the... um, uh, Corbin ASB, VP of Student Ministries. And um, well, let's just start by by you giving us a rundown of basically, I
1: guess, what that is. Hmm. What is the Vice President of Student Ministries? It's kind of difficult to explain, I found. Um, and it's difficult for a number of reasons. Uh, this is might be a long answer to your question, but I'm going to give it because it's the best way to describe it. So, it's... ASB, as it currently exists now, has only existed for about three years. Yeah. And so when I was a freshman, uh, the vice president of student ministries was typically a person who would help organize concerts, Um, so bringing in off-campus bands. uh, We had, like, King's Kledoscope come in my freshman first semester. Uh, That was a super cool experience. Yeah. Great time, great time. Uh, But it has since morphed into something else uh, under the guidance of Hugh, Hugh Lum, um, not you, Hugh, uh, to clarify. Yeah. Uh, it became less about concerts and, and started gaining a little bit more traction in terms of like uh, overseeing chapel. Okay. I mean, it, yeah, really refined the systems. So it's a large part of that is still um, overseeing chapel, overseeing chapel fans specifically. Mm-hmm. I oversee two coordinators that uh, talk to all the chapel teams, the worship teams, yeah. rather. And gets all that information to the necessary parties, including the tech team, um, people like Leon Smith, Eugene Edwards, so they can get all the information where it needs to go. Yeah. Um, so uh, um, the the other aspect of it, which
0: I've always found especially interesting, which you're trying to develop, is is actually like the cultivation of student ministries on yes. campus. What does that look
1: like? So that looks like, that has been in recent development, like. Just this past semester uh and it looks like i found finding people have a passion for ministry for mm-hmm. a specific ministry and giving them the resources and the encouragement to pursue that and it's been slow in developing that but we've had some success uh one of our best examples that i can think of is josh heisey he started this ministry called first stone yeah. Which is a ministry designed, uh, design might not be the best word, it's geared towards addressing topics on sexuality in a Christ-like manner, Yeah, um, applying biblical principles to this area of our lives that we seldom talk about in the church community. Absolutely. And, and that's actually
0: something that's been in development for a while. Like there used to be a sexuality ministry on mm-hmm. campus, but then it kind of fell out of favor yeah. and now it's kind of coming back and you're trying to help josh i guess spearhead that effort if that's the right word for it i suppose
1: i'm i wouldn't be the one spearheading it no no you're, you're yeah. helping josh spearhead it. i'm like the the stick portion of the spear you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> or maybe the person like with the hand
0: uh, i don't know so <laughs> this is something that that's been on my heart lately, and I've mm-hmm. been kind of excited to, I guess, discuss it with you more or less. Um, what do you think is the big challenges towards student ministry at Corbin, both mm-hmm. on campus and off campus, and and like like dealing particularly with, I guess, what we call the Corbin bubble. How. How do you deal with the Corbin bubble in terms of developing students to go out and do ministry? Hmm.
1: That's that's a good question. Hmm. So you're asking not so much. Hmm. You're asking, let, let me. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Sorry.
1: Try to, try to pinpoint exactly what you're asking. You're asking what's what's the challenge in getting students to go and do ministry? Is that?
0: I I suppose my question is, if I were to clarify it, um, what is the thing that makes your developing student ministries difficult? Mm. Like like, what's the what are the roadblocks culturally um, um, or structurally or all that that keeps you from developing a uh, good student ministries ministering both to students and encouraging students to Minister. Hmm. It's not a simple question. I yeah, I, yeah, I understand that.
1: I guess on a personal level, um, is finding the students that are passionate enough to pursue something with the passion and vigor that, um, is required to like start a ministry. Hmm. Um, that's not something you can just tell someone to do. That's not something you can just will to have happen. And it's something you've gotta be searching for and like cultivate. So I would say that's probably one of the biggest challenges. And and I'm not still, I'm still wrestling with that. I'm not sure how to properly overcome that. And um, so like stepping into this semester, like, okay. Yeah. Um, we've got this good thing going with Josh, um, Timothy Ethel, he's doing some cool things, with, you know, cultural worship nights. What else is going on on campus? What else am I not aware of? Uh, what else are students passionate about? And how do I find
0: them? And and that's the other thing that I've been kind of interested in lately, particularly in your world, is there's been a lot of, like, I guess you could say, like, spontaneously erupting student movements on Mm -hmm. campus. Like, I feel like Corbin for a very long time has been very like, kind of top-down driven. Like, the top says we're going to do something and then the campus tries to get behind it, but lately there's been, like, stories of glory and first stone, and, and the silence and, and mm-hmm. with relation to the Me Too movement. There's been a lot of students who have just kind of on their own initiative without consulting anyone just sort of started doing the lore's work, for lack of a better phrase. Yeah. What do you make of that?
1: Hmm. What do I make? He asks. Um, hmm. There, hmm. It's a lot harder to answer questions when you're being recorded." <laughs> Ignore the say, camera. It doesn't exist. We're, we're having, we're stares having. Stares into
0: camera <laughs> intently. We're having a casual conversation between friends. You're getting coffee with someone. Someone asks you, why are all these students suddenly popping up and saying, no, there are spiritual needs that aren't being cultivated and we are going to cultivate them? What does that say to you?
1: Well, um, it says that there, A, is a need. Um, That the students are saying there's a need. shows that there's a need. Which might seem like a sort of redundant thing to say, but I think it has significance. You know, like take in the silence like you mentioned that wasn't something that was on my radar before before this year and yet it's become something that's deeply significant in to the student body at large why is that perhaps it's simply because people are beginning to discuss and realize there's this need this need to address sexuality in a way that's Holy and pleasing to God, hmm. and they're stepping up about it. Um, as to why the students are doing that, you mentioned like a top down approach and not like higher up. I don't know. It's something that I feel maybe the higher ups aren't necessarily um, culturally from their own backgrounds not addressing. Um, not used to discussing, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, I mean, my parents never talked to me about, like, things like sexual assault. That was something that was that they would never discuss with me. Yeah, yeah. Um, at least not in any normal context, you know. Um, I think our generation, or lack of better terms, this current Corbin culture is beginning to realize that, not, no, there is value in talking about these things there's value in addressing them and so oh sorry didn't mean to interrupt you
0: go ahead (laughs) (laughs) i i'm sorry i i I try to get better doing that but um so do you think that that corbin is handling that conversation well Hmm. like because i remember especially when End the silence was planning on doing that that Actual event there was some concern especially from student life that there might be some emotional fallout from from having these type of very intense conversations, do you think that that I guess students are handling These kind of new complex ideas that the Christian community and the Corbin community quite frankly aren't used to talking about I guess there's no way an easier way to put it than just: Are we handling those conversations well? Hmm.
1: So you're asking about the students or like administration? <gasps> who, are, who are you asking? Whoever you feel like I should be asking about. Hmm. Well, let's let's start with students. I feel like that's an easy one to start answering with. Um, and the answer is, I'm not sure what would indicate us handling it well. At mm. least, at least in the in the circles I'm running with, I feel like um, we are handling it in the best way we know how, by discussing it and going to people that are more learned than we are, and going to the Bible. What does God have to say about this? Yeah. Um, but again, th- these are my circles. And I, I don't necessarily know if all of Corbin if that's true of all of Corbin. And you know, like how should we respond to that? It's it's a difficult thing to answer. Is going to administration, um, there I would say they're almost in a similar boat. Like how do we how do we handle this in in a better way? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think think this is a relatively new development in terms of how widespread the conversation is it's i mean it goes without saying it's frankly challenging to hmm, <laughs> wording
0: uh and full disclosure i was not expecting this conversation to veer
1: in this direction <laughs> but like
0: now that we're here yeah
1: yeah um I don't know. I, I would never fault anyone for how they're trying to handle it. You know, I, I think everyone involved is doing their best to address these issues in the best way they know how. Whether that's, whether that is the best way, I, I can't say. Um, and that might sound like, it's sort of like a dodgy answer and don't want to take a stand, <laughs> but I simply, I don't know, I... That's fair. I don't have that kind of training or no. knowledge or any of that. No. Um... I am more excited to see that it is being talked about at all. Um, hmm. What I've found in my short existence thus far is that uh, sexual sin in any format, when it is not discussed, leads to complications. It just it gets out of control. Hmm. Um, kind of like personal testimony, I... Yeah. Yeah. Um one of the ways God has been incredibly good to me, and this is, this is not my doing. I say this to anyone who would try to pan any sort of credit on me, this is not me, this is God. Um, but I've been incredibly blessed by God to be protected from like pornography. Like I'm one of the few mm. people I've met that hasn't had a pornography addiction, like at any point. Um, that doesn't mean I haven't struggled with like sexual sin in other forms. Like, you know, just to be frank, like masturbation, you know, that's, that's a common problem for men. But like, as far as pornography that God has been incredibly good in protecting me from that. And I attributed it all to a camp counselor I had when I was in fifth grade Hmm. who every day of the week he had us, he said, guys, don't do this, run away from it, fear it stay as far away from it as possible
0: whether or not it was involved in the conversation you guys just had or he, not he, just, that was just like how he ended he ended yes
1: <laughs> he was like don't do this that's a good guy yeah and it's it's saved me from so much hurt it will continue to save me from so much hurt my my marriage looks completely different whenever that happens because of his actions I don't even I don't even know what that means, and it's that is a result of talking about it. That is a, is a result of a guy talking to some fifth graders, people that probably you know most Christian circles at that time. This was back in two thousand five. I don't wow. Know. Okay. Um, You know, most people would say, oh, they're too young.
0: That's something I've noticed about the Christian community is that we're so concerned about sexual purity. But as Mm. soon as the conversation gets brought up, it's always, especially with parents and not to bash parents. I mean, they're awesome. But like, like it's always, no, my kid's too young to be learning about this. Like, I remember my pastor preached from the pulpit saying that I want my grandkids to be more educated about their reproductive system than their grade school teachers and Mm -hmm. like that's an interesting thought to have where like because i remember so much of like this might get a little graphic but like like adolescent sexuality is so much based on confusion and kind of blindly reaching out to find something rather than something i don't know like healthier than just like a complete blindness trying to figure something out
1: yeah like i will (laughs) i will always adamantly stand on the side of give them instruction earlier Mm. talk about this as soon as you can um it's Why wouldn't you? We say as two College students who probably aren't going to have kids for like (laughs) years. But
0: yeah. So I was actually going to ask you um, this question, but I think we've already kind of got there, uh, which is what is the, from your perspective as a student ministries person, what is the biggest spiritual problem facing Corbin's campus? Hmm. But it sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong, that you personally think right now, at least that's the sexuality issue.
1: I I can't know for certain. <laughs> Come on, man. That's, that's so fun. <laughs> well, because the reason this is like, it, how can I, one person, be able to fully recognize the vast majority of spiritual needs? I think that is, I think that is sexuality is a main one, but yeah. I think it's been a main problem for a long time. Um, you know, it, it's something we've needed to address for a long time and yeah sure if we want to if we want to pick one thing that's like this is the main problem that could be that very well could be but does it is it a result of something deeper is there a deeper problem at play is mm. i i think what i'd be more comfortable saying is the spiritual issue is a lack of um Frankness, this ever since Corbin, uh, I got to Corbin, even before that. This this has been a, a soap opera of mine since like high school. Uh, these Christian circles that we have, there's this facade that everything's okay, that yeah. we are doing fine, that we are have ourselves put together, and we put on this air in front of each other that everything's fine and I'm a good Christian, and that is something that consistently fails to. Be true and it's in those facades that things like you know um sexuality that just become warped and twisted by sin um it's in the not talking about it saying i have a problem i need help and
0: And that's something when when i talk about like the corbin bubble or mm -hmm. the christian bubble that's kind of that's kind of what i think about a lot is that there's this this kind of Rigidity where if you fall outside a kind of set of parameters,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you're not really viewed as like there's a judgment to it, you're not
1: part of the club, yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. Which, which, Christianity should be the, the furthest thing from a club possible, yeah, but you know, it is. Start recording again. <laughs> do, 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 okay, do, hang on. I'm just going to really carefully clap again. <laughs> oh, is this still operational? Wow, that's still playing, isn't it? Cool. Anyway, so uh, I just clapped again so we can readjust the footage as needed. Um, sorry, I just need to double check on that. Um, <laughs> no worries. So we were talking about um, how. Like, like, there's this rigidity, right? Where, like, you're not a part of the club, you're not a part of the circle, you're mm-hmm. not a part of this or that. If you're, if you're struggling in a certain type of way, or if you, or even if you, like, so for example, today I was giving a talk in one of my political science classes, and one of the subjects we were talking about um, is. Uh, I asked people, basically, is there anyone here who thinks they're a Democrat or progressive or liberal? No one raised their hand. Mm, interesting. When I asked, uh, would you consider yourself a conservative, Conservative, um, everyone but one person in the class raised their hand. There's only one person who's, like, on the fence about what they were. Mm. And uh, uh, first off, could you scoot a little closer? The only reason I ask is because of how the microphone works. Anyway, um... <laughs> Uh, this Did is an experiment. Me, huh? This is the first time we've <laughs> tried this blasted thing. Um, so it just feels like there's this weird uniformity mm-hmm. that dominates Corbin, but also just Christianity in general. And yeah. and I'm a conservative. I have I have no problem with that type of ideology. But do you think that's do you think that that an inability to deal with disagreements within our community Hampers our ability to engage with the wider world Yes
1: (laughs) Would you like to elaborate well, um I? Think in of all the communities that should be able to discuss and argue well Those that those of us Christians that have this singular thing that unites us all which is jesus christ and his redemptive power and the fact that he has redeemed us from all sins this single unifying factor that should enable us to be able to discuss and argue and disagree on all manner of topics but still come back at the end of the day and say but we are still followers of jesus christ mm. And maybe how you go about that is different than how I, how I go about that, and we may disagree yeah. vehemently. But we should they should still be able to love each other. And, and the fact that we're not able to do that a lot of the time is deeply disturbing. And how that relates to the outside world, in which we are aliens, we are foreigners. Yeah. I mean we are called to love our brothers and our enemies. If we can't love our brothers, how much more impossible is it to love our enemies? Fair enough. So um, we've been talking
0: kind of up here for a while. I'm going to bring it back down a little (laughs) bit. Um, um, You have decided for yourself that you're not going to be running for VP of of Student Ministries again next year. Yep. Um, I guess I have two questions. Um, I'll ask you both of them. You can decide which one you want to tackle first. Uh, The first is... um, what challenges do you think your successor is going to face? Um, like, what are the issues that they're going to have to tackle next year that you didn't have to tackle? Or if they're the same issues, what are those issues? And also, um, what are you planning on doing next year? We've, we've talked a little bit about this, but what are you hoping to accomplish next year out, outside of your role
1: um, yeah. in leadership? Well, um, let's... Which one to start with? Let's start with the second one, because cool. I feel like I can more readily answer that one. Uh, so for next semester, um, this actually may be news information to you. I've recently been toying with the idea of applying to BRA. Um, oh, cool. Yeah. This is news to me. You'd Ta-da! be really good at that. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see, we'll see what happens with that. It's kind of like been something that I feel like God's been prompting me to at least send in an application for. And... Honestly, that puts it completely into God's hands because you go through an interview process and then you're waiting to hear an answer. You know, if I don't get it, then that's God saying, no, I just wanted you to do it and be, be fine with accepting that no. Hmm. Um, or God wants me to be an RA and to pour into the life yeah. of a Paul community. And both are, both are good experiences. Hmm. Um, Both have their their value. And so it's like if both outcomes are valuable, then I probably should do it. Uh, But at the same time, I've had this passion and this passion for a long time to engage in uh, uh, off-campus ministry, specifically with refugees if possible. Um, For my senior capstone project, uh, I have this vision. Of having sort of like an intercultural um, music event where me and along with other individuals of different cultures help to put on this concert slash lecture where we explain like here's some of the musical things of this culture here's where they come into play here's a song to present that Um, and sort of showcase all these different little cultures that I've been able to take little snippets of little snapshots if you will Uh, so that's part of the ministry I want to do, as well as, you know, just reaching out to the refugee community in Salem, um, still not quite sure how it's going to come about, um, Hmm. but I'm sure that if God, um, you know, God will honor my desire to do that and open a door and make it obvious. So yeah, we'll see what happens for next, next year. So It'll be fun. I have no idea what's gonna happen. That's that's yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, do you want me to go back to the oh first yeah question? first question? Yeah.
0: What do you think your successor is gonna be be dealing with next year? What
1: is he gonna be dealing with? Well, the future is unknown. <laughs> um, but I think he's going to he or she <laughs> um, he or she will probably run into a, I think probably run into a similar problem. Who? Who can lead the ministry? Uh, I know I stepped into this position with the desire to to spearhead all these ministries. Um, Like I had, I ran with this campaign to start a prison ministry. That is a ministry that is sorely needed and I think should still take off at some point, but it takes a lot of work and a lot of time commitment. And I realized very quickly that I simply did not have either of those things to be the one to spearhead this ministry. And I couldn't find someone who was willing and could spearhead that ministry. Um, And that haunts me a little bit. Hmm. Um, Like what if I hadn't been VP of Student Ministries? Would I be knee deep in this prison ministry, like working with prisoners on a weekly basis? and I don't know, It's asking those sorts of questions doesn't really bring any sort of level of contentment. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it makes a good point, like, the person stepping into that position will have to rectify that, what What do I do when there's no one to take this ministry that I'm passionate about but can't follow through with? Uh, where are the people that are passionate about a ministry? Um, even finding out what the need is, I know that's been a struggle of mine as well, is I, I have my friend group, and maybe this is a fault of mine. Maybe I haven't done enough exploring and talking with more people, finding out like what is the actual need of the campus, like spiritually speaking. And I don't know. These are all, these are all some of the nuances and complexities of the job that are, are difficult to nail down, and yeah. uh, the next person will have to deal with those and my hope is my hope is that I've set this this year set a precedent for that Hmm. set this is what the goal is and I don't personally think I've met that goal however I think I've made some good steps towards it and I'm hoping that it's put enough enough structure if you will to guide the next person and be able to fully realize it. And, I don't know, these are all a bunch of highfalutin statements and maybe none of them or all of them are valid or none of them are valid, some combination of the two. But, that's the general impression I get. Hmm. So Good. That's, that's some
0: really solid stuff. Well, you and I could talk for hours and, and maybe I'll have to bring you back and, and do another one just about like Foreign missions and that sort of thing which is I know is a passion for both oh, of us yeah. um, But for now, I really feel like that's a good note to to try and end on thank you so much for yeah. being a part of this kind of Experimental thing still not a hundred percent sure what it's gonna be called. Hopefully not stupid. Yeah um, Maybe I'll just call it stupid to be ironic, but um uh, uh, The point is uh, thank you for for coming and talking with me. Absolutely. Um, thank you for watching if you made it this far um I have no idea what this is gonna be, or if this is gonna be a continuous thing. Um, if you liked it, if you hated it, let me know. Um, I just, I really believe people, people on campus need to be talking more. So, uh, cool. thank you so much.
1: Yeah, thank you.
0: We are-